You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IVT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The Mitzvah Tzedakah is found in Parshas Devarim, Perak Tesvav, Tzvarim 15. Uh, it's, it's really inserted as part of the Mitzvah of Shemitah's Chesofim, as you can see. Every seven years there is a Shemitah, but not the Shemitah details about land, but rather the Shemitah in terms of the lending of money that obviously generates a debt that normally you have to chase people for. You you have the debt that you have against your friend. It's natural many times to to try to push off the payment, especially since usually the people who are borrowing were in need and then didn't necessarily get the result that they wanted. So there is an Yisr. Um, if this occurs on Shemitah, on Shemitah you cannot ask for your money. You can't, uh, in fact, it might be that you don't even, the money is, the debt is, is rescinded. But whether it's there or not, you can't act upon it. Um, the Pusik says that even though this means you are, in a way, not going to have your funds, that there isn't going to be the situation of Evyo. There isn't going to be the situation of Evyon. And as Rashi says, from the word Ta'ev, someone who has nothing and needs everything. Meaning that don't worry about the funds that you won't collect on. There won't be an Evyo. Because there's going to be a bracha in this land. And therefore, although there might be lendings of money, but no one is going to be impoverished. No one, by the lack of collecting the debt, will be in a situation where they are evionim. It's not going to happen. You need to follow the mitzvahs. God says that if God will bless you, God will give you brachas. And the truth is, is that in among the people living in Eretz Yisrael, we're going to be so wealthy that people are going to still outside of Israel need money and will be able to lend them and, as we know, charge the rates of interest that are normal and take collaterals which will eventually uh, perhaps if they don't pay we're going to even get a better return on what we lent but we will not have to ever be in such a situation our financial status will give us power over many nations and none of them will have power over us. You might say that I don't want to lend money because Shemitah cancels debts. 
And even though this person needs the money, he's an evium. I'm not going to give it to him because there's no chance of me getting it back. And therefore, that person, what will happen to that person? He will take up his case against you with God. And that will not be good because God listens to the pleas of the oppressed. Give it to him. Don't worry about it. Because by giving him, by losing, even for someone who's an Evian who doesn't seem to have the wherewithal to pay back, God will bless you. You will not be impoverished by that. And then the Pasuk says, Because there will always, there seems to be, there will always be Evionim. There will always be Evionim in the midst of our land. And therefore, God commands you once again, he emphasizes, open your hand. That's the first source. And now you see it in its context of a strong economic nation that takes care of its avionim to the point that there is no avion. And this is part of where Chazal come in and ask a question. Didn't we just say a couple of sukim before that there won't be any Evyonim? And here it says, Kilo Yechtal Evyonim. There will always be Evyonim. It's based on the Medrashim of the early Medrashim. The Pasuk before says, there's not going to be Evyonim. Kate said, Yizkai Mushneik Suvim Halolim. How can both of these psukim be true? How can one Pusik say we live in a way that there's no longer a Yonim, there's no longer people in need? So when you, when we fulfill the will of God, there's only poverty outside of Israel, outside of the Jewish nation. But when we don't do the will of God, that's why we have a Yonim. Very strong statement. The presence of Evionim, presence of people who, who don't have and are in need, is a sign of a corruption in the whole Jewish body politic ideal. But there might be a period where poverty is wiped out. But poverty, in order for poverty to be wiped out, there needs to be Shmiras Kola Mitzvahs. And therefore, since there will be times that you can't live up to the highest standard, God is giving a command of giving tzedakah when that standard isn't met. Now, one of the things that we have talked about in previous classes is the drosha of the of the of the Rambam on this pasuk? The Rambam is based on a sifrei that this pasuk really tells you what the order of tzedakah is. 
And as you read, look at it again, you'll see what I mean. There's achicha, aniecha, evyoncha ba'artzecha. And the Rambam says that achicha is first. That's your brother, your close family. That's your first mitzvah tzedakah to your close family. Then there's aniecha, which could either refer to people who are part of your extended household, but not necessarily your actual blood relatives, whether your father or your son or your brother. Or it might mean the people of your city, because that is in contrast to the ones who are ba'artzecha, who are not of your city, but of, of your country but they're not from this town. And you can see the, um, the Chizkuni and Rav Yosef um elaborate really based on Ibn Ezra, uh, who, who says it in a more cryptic fashion, but he says that Yosef Bechor Shor, Evyon meduktuk yoser me'oni. Evyon feels the pain like he's more put upon than a regular Oni. And it's true, the Oni comes before Iracheras. The, the innate feeling the Evion has causes him to leave his place. And therefore, the Evioncha come last, because usually these Evionim are not from here. There's a certain amount of dignity every uh, we expect from the poor uh, person who was impoverished. The Evionim have lost some of that dignity, and therefore they're willing to go wherever it takes. Um, the question, of course, now arises in terms of, is this, where do we have this idea of Ania Eretz Yisrael? Kodem. The Pusik seems to be talking about life in Eretz Yisrael, but when we have a community that lives outside of Eretz Yisrael, how is that template supposed to be adopted? The, um, the tour in his commentary of the Torah, wants to know why the word artsecha is mentioned. Al Pipshat, Yosef Bachorsh already answered that because they have roved and moved from their own city to your country, to your land, but they are not from your city. But again, the tour wants wonders why do we need to emphasize your Eretz? That's not like a mitzvah that's dependent on being an Eretz Yisrael. So he says, This is where we have the idea, it might be one of the earliest ones, that Aniyah Eretz Yisrael have Kedima. Now, they have Kedima over what? Kedima over the people in your town? of your family, 
maybe they have Kadima people of your country, but of another city. Maybe they're on the same level on the Eretz Yisrael as the Aniyim that are close by. Not theoretical now. It's very practical for today. And let's add another layer here. The, the, the needs of the B'nai Eretz Yisrael has now become more intense. So let's say you have a situation where you have a hakdama, a seder hakdama that you're supposed to give to your family first. But the person who's not in your family, who's on the second tier, has a much greater need. He doesn't have a house. He doesn't have clothes. Well, well your brother or your father or your, or, your, or your son, well, they need to make a mortgage payment, but they, they, could, they could miss a mortgage payment and they could still stall off the bank. But now there's people in Eretz Yisrael who have no clothes, who don't have food, whose homes have been wrecked, who, or the Chayilei Yisrael who need medical supplies. Does, does the Ania Eretz Yisrael in their privations now leapfrog over the rest? In other words, even though there's a seder of, of, of tzedakah, do we assume that the greater need should now bump it up? It depends what it is. If a person coming to make achnosis kala because he wants to make a big wedding or to buy a house for his son, even though that's the minag and everybody does it, you can't compare that to what's happening here now. So really, these psukim, in terms of the seder, and also in terms of what it says, I think about the matzah. I mentioned before that God is angry at us, that we haven't been doing his rotso. Well, Chazal say that when is it Eina Ritzana Shalmokom? This Pasuk. Doesn't this Pasuk speak to our situation right now? From the heart of Eretz Yisrael. Yes, the south is the heart of Eretz Yisrael, those Jews. <laughs> There's, there isn't going to be a lack of Evyonim there. And therefore, we need all of us to do what we can to somehow give towards them. Hmm. If you're not sensitive to Tzdoka, it's almost like it's like you're doing a Zorah. Right? It says the word Hishamer, which is an unusual phrase. It doesn't just say, right, Hishamer. And where do we else have Hishamer, of course? It says Bnei Bulial, and also says here Yotzu Anoshim Bnei Bulial. You know that's Avodah Zarah. You're also Avodah Zarah. Also, the word Hishamer is used in the second part of Kriyashma. So once again, we see that it is similar to Avodah Stachovim. 
It's almost like a selfishness that I don't want to give to the other person. It's tied into the selfishness of Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah is ultimately, as the Kotzker explained, it's ultimately serving yourself. It's, it's only being comfortable with a type of God that aligns to your proclivity, a God of a frog God, a mountain God, a river God, a God that's connected to your agriculture, a God that you feel you can comprehend and see in the movement of the constellations. That's how it is our. The Svarim already speak about how even the prime of Odazara that the Jewish people were guilty of, the Odazara of the ego, represented a mindset that they had of themselves. They saw themselves as this ego. They saw themselves as this calf that, um, and as Chazal say, the calf feels that overwhelmed by the mother who wants to impress upon it its milk. And it's been suggested that the ego represented the Bnei Yisrael's sense of themselves. This is the God that represents you. Avodah Zarah is a selfishness. The inability to accept an invisible God from beyond ultimately comes from a fear of letting go, of needing to have a concrete embodiment of something that makes sense to them. And therefore, if you think about it, that's the same selfishness that will make you somehow conveniently, as Rahama says in his language, call hamalim einav minatstoka. You pretend like you don't hear it. You pretend like you don't see it. What is it that's generating that is the sense of, of selfishness. I saw something today that I think is worthwhile uh, developing. And that is um, a miniature essay in economics and sadaka from Roshamshanafal Hirsch. Whereas Pusik Yud Aleph is Mikereva Oretz. And it's what that Hirsch would like to suggest his own answer to the contradiction that the Medrash brings forth. Hirsch writes, It's the earth itself. So he says, If we deal with the normal nature of, of human interaction, the way societies have developed, and the way they were developed from the time the Torah was given. If we let things just 
develop and happen according to what we call a natural order of things, then we will definitely find great differences in person's wealth and, 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 and funds that they have for themselves between people. There's always going to be people with less and people that have quite a lot. They're, in other words, poor and rich. Now, let's make things equal, Hirsch says. We know not everyone is given, even if they start at the same place, born in the same way, given the same education, given even the same job, people are not given organically the same intellectual, inherent gifts and understandings of how to use money and how to be an entrepreneur and make money. He says, let's say you have even two brothers that inherit from their father the exact same amount of nechassim. It could be very, and, and they're both even of the same mental acuity and energy and disposition, but there might be a factor where one, because of some issue with his wife, only has one child, whereas the other, because again, we're not practicing birth control, the other has a big family. That itself, Hirsch says, creates a hevdel mashmuati. Uh, then one is going to, clearly going to be able to have less money one will have, and one will have more. And let's say we throw in not the wife's fertility. Let's say some other sorts of illness, which happens. Not everybody gets treated the same. One person gets bit by a tick. The other doesn't. Other situations happen. So therefore, if you go another generation, you're going to see the difference between these brothers into their grand to the grand to the children and grandchildren a very great gap even in the same family that Hirsch says is the natural order of things that's mikaravaritz but that is not the way god wants things to happen for us this natural order is not the way it happens baartsecha Eretz Yisrael and every community Hirsch feels in a way is sort of an extension of Eretz Yisrael. It's an Eretz of the Torah of God and the idea that God has specific Hashgocha Proteus that's connected to Shemir Torah. And therefore, the Torah itself will work against this normal, natural, economic condition. And therefore, a person who, yes, he's poor because he has eight children, and because there's poverty, there's, there's illness in the family, but he is going to find, whether it's his own biological brother or a relative as another Jew who is also his brother, and he will find his brother there 
and that is Evyoncha. It's your Evyon. But every Evion of the Jews is ours. And Hirsch says, we know Chazal say, Ein Tzibramais, in Halacha. In Halacha we say that the Tzibur is bigger than its collective humans. That the Tzibur has a shame, even if its individuals die out, that, that there is a communal identity in Hirsch was a great believer in this, which is even bigger than the actual individuals. And we know that when we operate on that communal high level, we don't do things in a, in a, in a manner that implies poverty. He says that halachic idea, that philosophic halachic idea, in the Beis we don't have cheap items. And the idea that even though the, the people who what died out, the next generation can still bring that carbon. That indicates that in our consciousness, we understand that if poverty occurs, gruesome, difficult poverty occurs, it needs to be taken as something that is unnatural that needs to be passed and eliminated. Because with God's help, keeping the Torah, and by us responding in giving tzedakah, then what will happen is, is that everyone will be restored. I mean, they're, all, they're not all going to be rich, but they're going to be taken care of. Like Mark Twain himself indicated in his famous essay, they're taken care of in a way that their human dignity is responded to. And therefore, Hirsch feels that the Drosh's Chazal that we started with, that Ritzon Shomokom ain't Ritzon Shomokom, isn't just about magic, that if we do mitzvahs, there aren't any of Yonin. What it means is that if we live a Torah life, have a Torah community, a Torah nation, a Torah Medina, then that vouchsafes that everyone in their poor situation, which occurs because they have more or less children, maybe they're more children, I'm sorry, illness crept in, but they will get help. They will be helped by others in the community. And Taking the tzedakah is not an embarrassment in our community. The fact that envelopes and donations are given doesn't cause the recipient to be downhearted. Hirsch says clearly, a person who has been sidelined with an inability to work. And he can't because his legs are no longer strong, because he was trained to be a body shop worker and there's no longer need for that type of car. He, he, he's a, he, he knows how to work with steel and steel has left that whole area of where he lives. 
ומתוך גאיבה, מונע מעצמא משפחתא וצורכי החיים. But he refuses to take the community funds that are entrenched in every community. So he has taken on a, a terrible responsibility. Hirsch quotes to Yerushalmi and Peya. If a person needs to take and he doesn't, we saw before someone who doesn't give tzedakah is selfish. Is a Judaism where he's only concerned about himself. But you have a person who feels that he will not take and he will allow his family to suffer, even though the communal organs of tzedakah are vibrant and ready, then he has to be considered a murderer because he is killing his, ch his children, his wife, and other generations that could benefit from this tzedakah. Then Hirsch, and I know Richard will be happy about this part, I think. Hirsch then shows himself to be a chosid of the Rambam in Hilchot Tam the Torah. He says, he says, the Torah does want people to be individuals and to be independent. And therefore, you can't just live off the dole. You have to be ready to change your habits. If it's true that these curveballs occur, then you have to realize, maybe I need a smaller apartment, perhaps. Again, there's a halacha about whether you have to sell or move out or not, but let's assume the apartment stays the same. But the meals that you have are going to be different now. The your the usual luxurious items that you had in your period of wealth, you're obviously going to have to alter that. And if it's true, there the you can't get a job because uh, GM has moved and U.S. Steel is gone. But there's other jobs you can do. There might be a short order cook that's ne that's needed. There might be uh, a, a a person who uh, there might be a an apartment building. It needs a a a, a person uh, to mow the grass. Even though even though in the eyes of the rest of the world, people say, "Oh, look what kind of job he's taking. He's cutting grass." But that is giving you the dignity. That you don't need to line up and, and, and get your parceled out. Get no other community that we know of. That it's so important to work with the fruit of your own hands, to be able to be financially independent to such a esteemed level, the way it is in among the Jewish people. And the way the Jewish people were in our history. He says, take a look at our great heroes whose light still shines in front of us. Not just they were great in their time. The generations that have arisen after them have looked at them and 
And he mentioned just like the Rambam before him, Hillel, Rabbi Yeshua, who we know was um, uh, he was a, uh, a blacksmith, Rav Hanina, Rav Oshia, Rav Sheshis, who made money uh, selling um, uh, in his farm. Uh, uh, that can counteract the natural tendencies of poverty creeping in. It doesn't level the playing field, but what it does is it eliminates intense poverty. That's what it does. And therefore, Dr. Kogan, he he continues on, on that path and sets a, an idea based not only on the Rambam, but from his own readings, that these men lived very difficult time. And we know that many of them were woodcutters, blacksmiths, shoemakers. Many of them in the Talmud appear as porters, people that would carry luggage, people that worked in the fields, working in irrigation ditches. And therefore, with their own lives, they taught the principle that sometimes you're not going to be able to have all the herring and stuff you want on Shabbos. This way was not was a, a chassid of the idea of Yishev Eretz We know he famously did not back Ratzvi Hershkowitz's campaign to um, to bring the the, the Korbanos again. Um, he did not act as an agent to try to get German Jewry uh, to help raise funds to buy land in order for Jews to resettle there. Um, and he was severely criticized by Rav Cook. If you read some of Rav Cook's uncensored letters and, and writings, he clearly is referring to Hirsch openly and obliquely, where he says that Hirsch's recalcitrance or inability to support a movement to bring people to Eretz Yisrael came because he was not a mystic. That although he was brilliant in his readings and he was a true intellectual, he did not really delve into the mystical texts enough to see how crucial life in Eretz Yisrael was and how we need to push living in Eretz Yisrael at all costs. I think that one could say that Hirsch did not believe there should be a community that its raison d'etre is based on not having a parnosa and just accepting tzedakah from others. Now, I think if Hirsch would would be confronted with the Aniyam of Eretz Yisrael, he would say, well, you probably can't find jobs. Can you? Can you train to be blacksmiths? Can you train yourself to, to make shoes? 
Is it possible? I, I think he probably would not be cruel to say we shouldn't send money because they are in a situation where they are in need and that's necessary. But I don't think he would have wanted originally to expand that community. Even though he, uh, uh, but I, I don't think he would censure or be against collecting for it. I, I hope I'm explaining it in, in a way that 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 threads the needle here. You know, it's interesting. It just came to me that interesting. A lot of German philosophies is very, um, I would say, with the people and the mystical notions of the Volk, right? The folk, and uh, and here the Jewish side is very rationalistic. Right. He's... No, it's not. It's German, but it's specifically German Jewish. I don't think it's German German. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that... yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think he is trying in many ways, and I think using his diukim and the pasuk to buttress his his perspective and his view, which is probably formed even beforehand. Uh, but he he was a believer that the Torah, a Torah community, can eliminate not mystically, just acting properly, the idea of Evion. I think one could even say further, based on what the ending of, of Hirsch's statements, that the Evion mentality comes from a certain weakness. There's going to be Evionim, unfortunately. And Hirsch says we can eliminate it if, if, if the tzedakah programs are in place the way they should be. But I, I think there might be something deeper, and that is the Evion is Toev Lakol. He wants everything. He, he's not. He, he, there's a there's a jealousy factor. Uh, uh, there, in, in other words, we, we find it many times the Mishulachim that that come to us, and you know we take out our checkbook and we give them what we think we can, and, and then they will they'll, they'll argue with us, right? And they'll say, "But last year you gave more. Why, why can't you give more?" I, I see in your in your wallet. I see you have more money. Can I can I take some of that? The, the, uh, 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 go ahead. I think there's another aspect. I remember that I think you mentioned in uh, some of the previous conversations or lectures that the concept of Evion is not necessarily, it's the word, it's exactly like an English needy. And needy cannot, it does, it's not the same as poor exactly. Right, right. Needy so has this, the emotional side to it, exactly. other aspects you're right. to it. You're right. This yeah. is one of my topics that I have talked about before. And it, you're right. The word Oni comes from the Inui, the actual physical pain. Not necessarily the the inability to to make sense of your mental condition. It's it's like there, there's an actual physical issue that that we know is is hurting you and putting you down. Whereas the evion really is like as I said, that's part of the reason I mentioned that on Purim we sort of don't. If that's probably what you heard me say, that on Purim we don't close the door on them and we don't like we, we sort of give them matonos anyway right in other words on a normal day we say look you know uh, you're an evio you, you clearly you know you're 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 not a guy i really want to talk to too much on purim we actually want to interact with them and and give them a matana even though they aren't necessarily totally deserving because they're not anian it's not matnos anian it's matanos 
Um, we're sort of, in a way, responding to what the rest of the year we see as irrational and selfish on their part and their inability to accept, like Hirsch says, yeah, I have to live more but symptom. Um, and I also can't allow my state to turn me into some sort of grotesque panhandler that that loses the Tselemelo Kim almost. And that's unfortunately, I mean, Chazal knew that too. Chazal say that poverty can do that to a person. That you you need to have that that, that dignity and um and, and and that I think not only comes from the person himself, but probably it comes from the healthy type of tzedakah institutions that allow the person to understand, hey, you know, there there's ways for us to be caught that we're not going to fall, we're not going to collapse. And I think that, you know, the strength of those institutions, which Hirsch calls Osin Ritsono Shomoko, that creates a situation where you don't have that evyon. You don't have that evyon. And you might have the Oni, but you don't have the evyon. I know that the original question that I raised to start tonight, which is, should we now earmark more money for ones who are in, in dire, more dire need? Um, I think that um, an answer can be provided. Normally, I'm not going to say, well, there's a guy in another town who is so poor, um, uh, he, 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 there's three, you know, people in his family with terrible diseases taking away his house. So I'm sorry, son. I know you feel you need this to help make your mortgage payment, or you need this um, because your your family you used to having a car, and now you're you don't have a car anymore, and therefore you can go without a car. So I should give money to this person who needs more. That's wrong. You have a greater responsibility to your family, even though their straits are not as dire as other people in the community. However, I would say that in this situation of war, this isn't just about giving tzedakah to a poor family in Israel. I, I really believe that the tzedakah of, that we are referring to is really sort of tzedakah for, for the whole Klal Yisrael. Even though it's going to go to, you know, the fund for the soldiers or a certain fund to help the, the, the refugees of the South, I think these funds in this time period have a status of Atzalas Klal Yisrael, not just tzedakah to, to individuals. Um, you might sometimes hear this invoked when they talk about schools, that this is not just a tzedakah to a school, this is for the Torah of the Jewish people. I, I'm wary of accepting that, those type of grand statements. But here, where the displacement is, is 
where the displacement is so massive and the morale of the people in Eretz Yisrael is so important, I think it's really, it, it gets into a different getter of tzedakah. I think it's 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 really uh, it's 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 Hatzolas Klal Yisrael. It's Pikuach Nefesh of the Uma. It's it's not just that you know the the person is starving and will die without it. I think the country can 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 lapse into and devolve into a a like sort of a mass depressive situation that will make them suspect to more attacks um, and and in an in, in ability to fight the battles that are necessary. Well, I'm not going to give to my son the money he needs to get that car, even though he's used to it and so necessary for him to drive his kids to school. I'm rather going to give to what I've heard about, someone in my community who can't, who is being thrown out of his house, is on the street, and, and, and can't put food on the table. You're not supposed to do that. You're, you, there is a hierarchy of tzedakah, and therefore you should give to those who need or are closer to you. However, here, the, the fact that this was a byproduct of an attack from our enemies. The tzedakah that's necessary isn't just, well, There's they don't make enough money in, in, in the communities in the South. No, their homes were destroyed through war. They don't, they, they can't go back to their homes. They have nothing. They, don't, they Their jobs that would give them the ability to put food on the table has been taken away from them. So we need to support the nation. We're not giving tzedakah, even though it might end up in the hands of someone who had to escape from Nitivot or had to escape from Ashkelon or had to be in a new place. And 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 we are we are we are being Matzil Klal Yisrael. And that's not tzedakah. And by by doing that, by by allowing a sense of normalcy to happen through the the incredible giving that's demanded from us now. We are not just doing tzedakah, but we are being matzil and the umma. We are we are providing a a, a, a morale uh, boost, and 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 we're making sure that there is a certain a a, a, a mental strength. That the country can continue uh, to support the the soldiers who have to go out there and and and, and risk their lives for us. So this is not about the the people in Yerushalayim who live off the dole or in Kolo, whatever you want to say. Here we're talking about tzedakahs on on, on a much different level, and, and you have to be, I think, smart about how you parcel it out as well. You can't just say, oh, and, and you have to, again, unfortunately, there's probably charlatans abounding no matter what. There's still those avionim who are going to use this. And, and, and it's, 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 uh, it is really 
inexcusable if they do, but you're probably going to get some Evyonim who are going to sort of use these war stories to to sort of, you know, uh, to rattle your conscience in order to do this. But I think if you do your due diligence, you'll be able to give, and it, yes, it will count as tzedakah, but I think it will also be a pikuach nefesh of Klal Yisrael. And I think there to hear the idea that a lot of her statements were tailored to an audience about what they would be able um, to accept. And therefore, this was the type of ideas that would ring strongly with them, whereas, you know, doing something else, might they might reject it out of hand. At least here, they were being moved to, to, to a positive and appreciation of the Chumash. Um, I, I, again, if, if you bear with me, since you've asked me about Hirsch and his Mahalach, let me just share you one other Hirschian idea. Um, Richard mentions, you know, Hirsch and his ideas. One of the Kapitlach Tillam that we are saying, which I know when I said it the first time, I said it with a lot of emotion. Uh, it's Tehillim 83, Pei Gimel. And it's all about God not being quiet because the enemies are, are, are roaring. Um, they're the enemies of God uh, who have now somehow taken the upper hand, the ones who believe the Torah is false. Um, and they hate our, our nation. Um, they want to destroy us. It seems tailor-made uh, to be saved. Um, they, they've taken co counsel together. Um, and it's a group of, of various bad players, including Ishmaelites, uh, but others as well. Um, and, and they have their helpers, whether it's Iran. And it seems, again, if you go to the first nine psukim, it seems to be perfect. And I'm sure our listeners uh, recognize that. And then we say, what do we want happening to them? In other words, let's do to them all the, uh, the battles that we know were won historically, um, mystically, powerfully, like Sisra. Uh, let them be nishmad, let them be destroyed, right? Um, right? Because they want us, they want our country. Asher Amru near Shalonu. As they want the beauty of God. They want our land. So what does it say, God? We ask God, Elohai, my God, Shisemo Kagalgal, make them like something rolling, Kikash with Neruach, turn them into straw that's being blown by the wind. And then when you say this, Pasuk, I'm sure Richard, you've you've said this before. Keesh Tivair Ya'ar, like like a fire that burns a forest. And like 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 a a a a a conflagration that can even burn mountains. You should uh, they should be they should be running away. They should be chased by your whirlwind and by your your typhoon, and it should just confuse them. But then the but, but what's the talkless? The talk. Are you going to go? Yeah, well, the Pasuk says, Malay Peneem clone, let their let their faces be embarrassed, and then Vyavakshu Shimchadonai. And they will ask for your name, 
And as the Pasuk says, although it says here, they should be embarrassed, they should be confused forever, and they should be so embarrassed, which is a, a term that sounds like they should be eliminated, they should be gone or lost. But then it says, and they will know. So is it, they're going to know in their death, they're going to know in their in their in, in their death throes that that it was God and the God of the Jews that was the proper one. So Hirsch, Rav Hirsch, takes the verses about about spinning like 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 straw in the wind, and look what he says here. He says he says haruach hodafto oso bekalut. Something that's unrooted can always be pushed by the wind because it doesn't have anything keeping it down. It has no weight. And basically, that what, what needs to be shown that even though they have weapons and backing, Ainlem Shum Sadvaritz. They don't really have a moral backbone. It's only the it's only the conditions that are pushing them. They're sort of like pushed by the wind. And by realizing that, Yakiru, they'll recognize. The same way fire can burn a forest and, and take the brush and so much of a mountain, they will realize that there's a greater power that is pushing them around. And that power could destroy them, but not that it will. And that's why that Pusik says that they won't die. In other words, it's not that they're going to be eliminated. They will be embarrassed because they'll realize that they are missing. They're missing a moral backbone. They're missing a real connection to a God that demands a better life from them. And therefore, they will come, even those enemies, to ask and, 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 and recognize God. And they want something better. So it's, it's not about wiping them out. It's about getting them to recognize Hashem, right? And to realize that they were fighting the wrong fight and they could be destroyed, attacked us who want to destroy us and have already uh, have already impinged upon us as well. But they, they already... weren't they're going really going against Hashem. So I, I always looked at it as like the um Tower of Bubble where Hashem didn't wipe the people those people out, okay. even though Nimrod and those people were trying to destroy him, he yeah, just right. scattered so, them. Right. So. so again, I, I would say that. That, that what Hirsch represents a more pacifist, humanistic approach, as I think as you see here from his description of these psukim. And, and I don't know if, if you know, I think you are in the minority of people who, when they say this, are thinking about, about you know, that won't, that won't be anything, won't be anything new for me to be in the minority. <laughs> All right. That's it, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, 
please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, shalom. Shalom.